Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello. This is the Not Liable Podcast. It has been a while, guys. And uh, basically, so how it's been going for the past couple months is that there has been about maybe, I would say, a good 15 to 20 episodes recorded. However, I do not know if I'm going to release them yet because they're just all over the place. Like, they're everywhere. So, I still don't know if I'm going to do it. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. But, or maybe, you know, I can have like a Patreon and only publish episodes from there on there. So, we'll see. Today's episode, it's going to be a very direct episode. There's not going to be a lot of fluff. Okay, or not today, maybe I might even record a bunch of episodes right now, it is only, it's not even that late. So, uh, my thing today is I am going to walk you through the election ballots for the state of California. I will try to, I have my county written here and I'm going to try to avoid that because uh, I don't want to give county because that doesn't apply to most people that follow this channel since they're mostly based in other parts of California. So um, let us begin. First thing I would like to say is I hope you guys are voting. If you are not voting, you are not participating in uh, our democratic process. And you really can't complain, in my opinion. If you're not willing to partake in a democratic system, you cannot complain about the ramifications of how other people vote since you have a voice and you are not using it. So, uh, yeah, and this is for California, uh, November 3rd, 2020, Consolidated General Election. This is the official ballot. I'm going to walk you guys through it. Okay, we're going to go through party-nominated offices. Uh, we're going to go... Th- okay, I can't go through that. Okay, so all we're going to do is actually just go through the party-nominated offices and the propositions. The propositions, a lot of them uh, are important, and a lot of them I don't know. So... Uh, if I don't have an opinion on one, I will tell you and try to just read through it. And if it is a, you know, if uh, I'll just take it at face value, but I would encourage you to do, do do your own research on the ones that I cannot summarize for you guys well. So, should I do president first or should I do propositions first? You know, what? I'm gonna keep uh, presidents as a cliffhanger until the very end. So let's go to propositions. First proposition, Proposition 14, the Authorizing Bonds Continuing Stem Cell Research Initiative Statute authorizes 5.5 billion state bonds, 5.5 billion dollars in state bonds for stem cell and other medical research, including training, research facility, construction, administrative costs, dedicates 1.5 billion to brain-related diseases, uh, fiscal impact, increased state costs, repay bonds estimated at about $260 per year, over the next 30 years. I think this is a W. I think this is a yes. The reason I think it's a yes is because stem cell research really, really does help people. It man, like, if you guys just Google the people that are able to like regrow muscles, regrow like pe- people that are paralyzed, that get injected with like some sort of new stem cell thing, and they're able to function regularly. Like it really is something that's really important. 
and uh, 5.5 billion in state bonds. Gosh. Okay, bonds, uh, not a bad thing. That's how states get money. They don't want to do it in taxes. Um, so fiscal impact, one second. Let me get my calculator. Cause, so 260 million per year over the next 30 years. Uh, that is uh, 7.8 billion. And they're only uh, authorizing 5.5 billion in state bonds. So let's see. So about 2.3 billion of that is going to be an increase in taxes. Uh, let's see. Divide, that's a lot of money divided by the approximately. Hold up. What is the what is the population of the state of California? So there's 143 million taxpayers in the United States. Oh, that's interesting. 1.6. Okay. So, what's the population of California? It's about 39 million. Let's just say 10 million of those pay like, you know, the top 25% are the ones that are paying real taxes, right? So divided by 25 million. Oh, oh wait, multiplied by. Yep. So that's an extra $90 in taxes a year. I don't think it's that much. I think it's worth it. I'm voting yes for Prop 14. Prop 15, moving on. Increases funding sources for public schools, community colleges, and local governments, local government services by changing tax assessments of commercial and industrial property. Initiative Constitutional Amendment. Taxes such properties based on current market value instead of purchase price. Fiscal impact. Increased property taxes on commercial properties worth more than $3 million, providing $6.5 billion to $11.5 billion in new funding to local governments and schools. I think, honestly... If it, the problem is, if it said on all commercial properties, I wouldn't even like, you know, I wouldn't even say anything. I would say no. I would say it's not worth it. Some guy, some farmer is going to get taxed out of his subsidies. Like, it's not worth it. However, increased property taxes on commercial properties worth, worth more than $3 million, That's a lot of money to be making as a company. And in those cases, 90% of those companies usually have some tax accountants that can, you know, like ruffle the numbers up, move things from here to there, and do all that stuff. And in that case, I, of like, you know, they should pay more. And I'm not, I'm not even pay more, pay their fair share. Problem with commercial property is that, let's say you buy a plot of, let's say a company bought a plot of land like 60 years ago in Silicon Valley. Let's say 60 acres of land in Silicon Valley 60 years ago. The value of it now is so astro so much astronomically higher than it was 60 years ago that it would not be very smart. It, it would basically be lost money for the state to basically like function. And they're basically just going to pay on what the land is actually worth, not what it was bought for. Because inflation is a factor and all that stuff is a factor. So, like, I, I, I hate taxes, but in this case, I feel like the taxes are a good thing. So I would vote yes on Prop 15. Oh, this is a controversial one. So, uh, Prop 16. 
allows diversity as a factor in public employment, education, and contracting decisions. Legislative constitutional amendment permits government decision making permits government decision making policies to consider race, sex, color, ethnicity, or national origin in order to diversify by repealing constitutional provisions prohibiting such policy. I think this is the biggest mistake that you can possibly make in terms of a constitutional, uh, like in terms of a state constitutional amendment. This is basically saying, okay, instead of not counting race, we're going to count the races that we want for quote unquote diversity. And the issue with that is that it's dry, like it's just a slippery slope from here. It's a very slippery slope. Like, let's, if we look up the demographic, uh, makeup of California. The demographic makeup of California is 60% white with 36.6 non-Hispanic white, 14% Asian, 13% other races, and 6% black, about a little less than 1% Native American, and 5.1% uh, of two or more races. California is very diversified and we are already very diversified this is the the biggest thing this impacts is uh public education acceptance into the top tier into universities such as the csus and ucs there are no there are not really a bunch of government jobs out there there's not like you know there's not more than a million government jobs in the state of california this is specifically saying if you are a certain color that we consider disadvantaged or your certain ethnicity that we consider disadvantaged, then we are going to say, okay, you have a leg up. And I feel this is a really bad idea because, for example, a poor white kid and a poor black kid have the same access to education if they live in the same, and they have that same standard of living in the same neighborhoods. Is there a prejudice against people of darker skin in, uh, you know, institutions? Yes. But that does not offset that the white kid that is poor is also severely disadvantaged. And it is just a very slippery slope from there. That's my biggest worry. And if this was based, if they said, oh, based on like income and standard of living, I would be completely for it. A kid whose parents make $20,000 a year getting a 90th percentile on the SAT means so much more to like an applicant admissions person than if uh, someone was making, uh, someone got a 97th percentile but was like coming from like a family that made cumulatively like $300,000 a year and lived in, I don't even know, Santa Monica. So you guys get that, right? And it takes color out of it. Yes, they're heavily correlated, but once you include, you know, oh, he is so-and-so, she is so-and-so, this is that then it gets messy, and this honestly really, really hurts Asians more than anybody. And there's poor Asians out there. You, people are acting like there's no poor Asians. But there's a lot of poor Asians, and they are directly the most impacted by this. And for this being passed, I feel like that would be a major, major problem. So I vote strong no on Prop 16. Prop 17. Uh, restores right to vote after completion of prison term. Legislative constitutional amendment. Restores voting rights upon completion of prison term to persons who have been disqualified from voting while serving a prison term. Uh, I think this is a strong yes. The whole point of prison is to, you know, give your dues back to society. And once you have completed prison, then 
you basically you should be able to return to normal life as a normal citizen and being able to vote is one step in that direction a couple states have already done this uh a lot of states still haven't of course you know after you're a felon there's like a big mark on your back there's so much stuff you're not able to do but i think that um this is basically something that you would be able to this is something that is it would be very productive and it, it would it would be beneficial it would give disenfranchised people who are extra who have like come from not very good situations landed in the worst situation possible to be able to participate in our democratic system so yes on prop 17 prop 18 amends california constitutions to permit 17 year olds to vote in primary and special elections if they turn 18 by the next general election be otherwise eligible to vote Legislative constitutional amendment. This is, I feel it's a strong, yeah. Uh, last elect, not last, a couple elections ago, I was, uh, what's it called? I had not turned 18. Wait, did I turn? I had not turned 18 by the time I can register to vote, like the deadline to register to vote. But I turned 18, like right before the election. So, in this case, I think it would be absolutely marvelous if you know, because they're gonna be they're gonna be adults by the time like the actual election rolls along. So that would be something I would vote for because like you know they get to partake in the democratic process earlier. So yes, on Prop 18, Prop 19 changes certain property taxes. Legislative constitutional amendment allows homeowners who are over 55 disabled or wildfire disaster victims to transfer primary residences tax base to replacement residence changes taxation to family property transfers establishes fire protection fund fiscal impact uh, local governments could gain tens of millions of dollars of property tax revenue and probably over growing over time to a few hundred million dollars per year schools could receive similar property tax gains so if i I've read about this one before. This is basically mainly about the whole fire situation uh, in California where a bunch of fire, like houses are being set on fire and burnt down. And this is a way to remedy like some tax thing. And I do not know anything about this. And I do not think it affects me. However, uh, local governments could gain tens of millions of dollars of property tax revenue per year, possibly going over time. I think that... hmm, Allows homeowners who are over 55. I do not know. I am not informed on the subject. I have not researched it. So for Prop 19, I would say do your own research and determine what is something that, what is your stance on it. Okay. Uh, Prop 20. Restricts parole for certain offenses currently considered to be nonviolent. Authorizes felony sentences for certain offenses uh, currently treated only as misdemeanors. Limits access to parole program established for nonviolent offenders who have completed the full term of their primary offense by eliminating eligibility of certain offenses. Uh, increase in state and local corrections court and law enforcement costs unlikely in the tens of millions of dollars annually, depending on implementation. This is a no. Because California already puts a lot of people in jail. Way too many. And this is basically saying, okay... A bunch of those people that would be eligible for parole after like a set number of years, now they're not eligible anymore. And so you're keeping them in jail long with tens of millions of dollars annually more in like, you know, costs. And why would anybody be down for that? They're already being in jail as long as they need to be. And parole is usually given 
if a judge finds that this person can handle parole. So I would say that uh, absolute no on Prop 20. Prop 21 expands local government authority to enact rent control on residential property initiative statute and allows local governments to establish rent control over residential properties that are 15 years old. Local limits on rate increase may differ from statewide limit. Fiscal impact, a potential reduction in state and local revenues in the high tens of millions of dollars per year over time. Oh, this is iffy. Because I want the state to get as least money as possible because, you know, the state never runs anything well. But also, like, rent is a big issue in California now. So this is difficult. What I would do is... Hmm, Okay, so what I would do is I would say, wait, oh, a reduction. So we get rent control and we get reduction in state revenue. I would, but I would say yes uh, for, oh God, I am undecided on this one because rent control can be good, but it also can be really bad and lead to some very big issues in the neighborhoods where it's instituted. So this is also a, you know, like your mileage may vary. Do your own research. Find your own opinion. So I would have to do that on mine too. Uh, Prop 22, exempt app-based transportation and delivery companies from providing benefits to certain drivers. Classifies app-based drivers as independent contractors instead of employees and provides independent contractor drivers other compensation Fiscal impact, minor increase in state income. I would say this is a yes. And the reason it's a yes is because Uber and Lyft and Grubhub and all these literally cannot function as like with their drivers being like employees. They have to be contractors. Like Uber will go under. Lyft will go under. You can kiss your ride shares goodbye. It is going to be completely Taxi, like it's gonna go back to taxis. It's gonna be like Uber, but like same taxi prices. Maybe it's gonna be a little bit more convenient, but in terms of pricing, we are going back to that $20 for like 10 minute, like rate. Like, so I would say a very, very, very yes on 22. If you like your, you know, if you like your cheap $5 group Uber. And a lot of, I know a lot of, uh, cause Uber and Lyft are campaigning hard for yes. And I also, I know a lot of my friends who do Uber would prefer that because they can work on their schedule because being considered employees is a problem because it leads to a lot more like taxes, W-2, you can't like, it, it just gets messy. So yes on 22. 23. Establishes state requirements for kidney dialysis clinics. Requires on-site medical professional. Initiative statute. Requires physician, nurse practitioner, or physician assistant on-site during dialysis treatment. Prohibits clinics from reducing services without state approval. Prohibits clinics from refusing to, tra to treat patients based on payment source. Fiscal impact, increased state and local government costs, likely in the low tens of millions of dollars annually. I would say this is a strong yes because kidney dialysis patients and clinics are a very very at-risk group because it's very easy to take advantage of them because most of them are elderly or sickly and are unable to work or have limitations working because of their disability. 
And in this case, California would be doing a good thing by coming in and helping them out by basically preventing for-profit corporations from just, you know, abusing, like uh, taking advantage of their situation. So yes, on Prop 23. Prop 24, Amendment Consumer Privacy Laws permits consumers to prevent businesses from sharing personal information, correct correct inaccurate personal information, and limit business use of sensitive personal information, including precise geolocation, race, ethnicity, and health information. Establishes California Private Protection Health Agency fiscal impact, increased annual costs of at least $10 billion, $10 million, million, but unlikely to exceed the low tens of millions of dollars to enforce expanded consumer privacy laws. Some costs would be offset by penalizing the violation of these laws. So I am all for, you know, the state. I'm all for, for like privacy. But one big issue with this law is that you're basically separating California from the rest of the country by including this. And because of that, we are basically going to like have our own like terms of service agreement. And any California resident is going to basically have to jump through more hoops like the EU has to, to get software there. We might be better off just because uh, most Silicon Valley and the majority of software companies are here. So like they just kind of have to do it either way because they're located here. But I am very, very worried about them like this is California is because like this is another federal this is another state agency like CARB like all like California I think has like the most state agencies there is so much that Cal like that California just does on its own we are honestly like a Europe because if you noticed half of these things increase state costs and half of these things like basically the entire point of most of these propositions is give the state more money so it can spend more money so it can regulate more things and honestly the regulation isn't bad but like california like as a like no government or state really does stuff very well right like the cogs of government are super slow and this would basically like it just gives them more power all the time like i've said yes to like half these amendments that would basically give the state a lot more power to do stuff and this one is very hard so i would say i would say yes but mm, i should have to vote on this now so i i i will say no I will, I will vote no on Proposition 24 because I know federally something is going to happen soon because Facebook and Google and all these antitrust lawsuits are getting not out of control, but like, you know, it's coming to a headway. So federally, there will be something instituted and I would not like for California to have a different terms of service than, you know, all other 49 states and the rest of the world. So in that, for that reason, I will vote no on Prop 24. Because I am really, really optimistic that on a federal level, it will be remedied. Prop 25. Referendum on law that replaces, that replaced money bail with system, uh, based on public safety and fight risk. A vote yes approves money, a vote, a yes vote approves and a no vote rejects law replacing money bail with system based on public safety and flight risk. Fiscal impact. Increased cost of 
possibly in mid hundreds of dollars of dollars annually for a new process of release from jail prior to trial. Decreased county jail costs, possibly in the high tens of millions of dollars annually. What? So we are the costs are going to increase in the mid hundreds of millions, but costs are going to decrease in the tens of millions. So an order of magnitude less. So like it doesn't even matter. But what it's basically saying here, because in America and in most states and in California included, we basically have a bail system where, for instance, like you go to jail, right? And you're awaiting trial. You could either stay in jail or post bail, which is basically like a like a pawn loan to the government for your release. And you can get that back after you've been released. However, a lot of the times it's a lot of money and a lot of people that are in jail, a lot of like suspected people that are going to be standing trial don't have the money because it's like, like, I don't know. Sometimes it's like cheap when it's like $20,000 $20, is like, I think that's like a reasonable amount for like, you know, like a minor crime, minor felony. And then it can range up to like the $100,000, $200,000, all that. And in that case, there are a lot of companies called bail bond companies that will give that loan to you and uh, basically you have to you have to show up to court because if you don't they lose money and they make sure you show up and on top of that uh they will basically after you you know they will be it's basically a loan and you have to pay interest on that loan so what this law does is it eliminates that whole bail bond like complex of like bail bonders and people getting loans and all that and just replace it and uh, based on public safety and flight risk this i would think this is a good thing because it is like you know it's reducing like a very very parasitic industry because it really the, the bail bond system really pay uh, preys on people that don't know any better and just need just want to get out However, increasing cost to possibly in the mid hundreds of millions of dollars for a new process. I don't know how it would cost hundreds of millions of dollars for that new process. However, even with that much money, I would say that it's a yes on Prop 25. So I went through all the propositions. I hope you listen to all of them. And uh, let's see what else. What else is non-county specific? Let's see. Okay, there's only one. And it is President and Vice President of the United States of America. I live in California, so it's going to be blue. You know, Democratic Party is going to win. Like, completely, no doubt about it. There is not going to, like, there's not a shadow of a doubt that Biden and Kamala Harris are not going to win this state. With that said, let's look at the parties. So the Green Party, Howie Hawkins and Angela Nicole Walker, never heard of them, never even a Twitter post, not an Instagram post, not a story, just you yeet them out, all right? Uh, the Libertarians, I really like the Libertarians, but they're just, they, they, they don't have sound policy. Like, you ask them about the war in Iraq, they're like, we'll let private corporations go in and they can handle it. Like, it just absolutely... Like, libertarians don't have a sense of government, in my opinion. They, they just don't understand. Uh, then Democrats, of course, Joseph R. Biden and Kamala D. Harris. 
uh, the Republicans, Donald J. Trump, Michael R. Pence, uh, the PF Party. I don't remember what that is. Uh, but Gloria Lariva and Sunil Freeman, at least if you're on the ballot, like seriously, just, you know, just like, I want to, like, okay, put yourself on Instagram. I guarantee you, Kanye is going to get a decent amount of, oh, okay, and the last one is Roque, Rocky De La Fuente Guerrera and Kanye Omari West. But on this ballot, Kanye West is a VP runner. It's not the president. He's uh, Rocky De La Fuente Guerrera, Guerrera is the president running for the A. It's an either AI or AL, but uh, it's, it's lowercase, so I can't tell. And but basically, he's running for VP. But you know, Kanye West is on the ballot, right? That's pretty cool. So. In all honesty, it boils down to two choices. Joseph R. Biden or Donald J. Trump. And for 99... Actually, no. For seven, the 70 or 80% of people out there, one of them is a clear choice. You have those people in the red states and purple states like, oh my god, I have to vote for Trump now. That's the only decision. Biden, sleepy Joe, blah, blah. Then you have the people that are supporting Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And a lot of them are coming from the sanders and yang and gabbard and warren like thing uh, democratic primary like you know jumps and it's basically filtered down to biden we kind of knew it from the start no one had a chance bernie is not likable warren is a just scary uh i'm surprised kamala harris was his vp pick because she's a republican kamala harris is a republican there is basically no, like, if she was not a woman and a person of color, she was, she would be Republican. She's the freaking, she was the Attorney General of California. All right? Like, absolutely no way. She's, she's basically a Republican, in my opinion. Like, I'm gonna be honest. If I was, like, if I was a Republican, I'd vote Biden in because I know he would, you know, he doesn't have that long left because of his old age, and in the event that he's unfit to be president, I have a Republican in office in Kamala Harris. So, honestly, I feel like Kamala Harris is going to win. She's a cop. Like, she is, literally. She was the Attorney General. She prosecuted a lot of the people that are in her prisons right now. She likes jail. She wants people to go to jail. So, like, and, and, you know, uh, what's his face? Uh, Michael Pence, God bless his soul. He's the most square VP I've ever seen in my entire life. And I've only, I like, like, when Biden, remember when Biden was VP? Like, he was like, oh, like, yeah, you're like our dad, like, you know. And then when uh, Dick Cheney was the VP, like, we all knew, was, oh, he's that one guy that, like, runs stuff. Like, like, they both had, like, a different, like, you know, feel to them. But Pence is just like vanilla wafer. That's it. That's all he is. He's just a vanilla wafer. So so if you had to ask me who I would vote for, there's so many things I would consider. I'm going to be honest. In terms of economy, Trump is going to win. Because Trump does not care about human life. He just wants everything to be back open. He like if Basically, if Trump wins, that's basically saying, okay, Corona no longer exists in America. That's ba- that's what it's going to be. If Trump wins, there is going to be no more like Corona is not going to exist. Like 
it's done. But if uh, Biden wins, we're going to get shutdowns and all that. And the problem with the, th- the thing with the economy is that a lot of people are out of work right now and they just want everything to open back up. And Biden is saying, is putting all of these restrictions and they're right restrictions, but they're not appealing to people's emotions. They're appealing to people's logic. And in this time, we don't have logic. We're just emotional. While Donald Trump is saying, I'm going to get you your job back. I am going to give you a job. You are going to go back to work. You are going to be able to do everything that you need to do. But on the other hand, he's a white, he basically said, stand back and stand by to white supremacists. That's all he said. Like, I'm pretty sure even, I don't even know, Andrew Jackson probably condemned the KKK back when he was being impeached in like the 19, in the 1860s and 70s, whenever he got impeached during that time. He probably condemned white supremacy. But we had our president who's not even willing to do that. And, but then you look at the other side, you look at Biden and Harris, and you ask yourself, what do they bring to the table? Or, and honestly, they bring a lot. Harris is a Republican. So if Biden becomes unfit for office, all, you know, all the Republicans and all the, I don't want to say conservative because it's no longer conservative versus liberal. It's Republican versus Democrat. Like, you all guys want to talk about ideology. It's not about ideology. It's about, like, party. And Biden is, honestly, Biden would have been a Republican. Biden could pass off as a Republican. That likes abortion. That's it. And, like, what do they bring to the table? I think they bring a lot to the table. There's a lot of negatives. There's a lot of negatives. They're going to curtail our personal freedoms. The country's not going to open up for a while. We're going to pander to China a little bit more. Uh, we're not going to have a hard stance on a lot of things. People are going to lose their jobs because of globalization and the outshipping of factories. However, a big thing that they bring to the table is trust in American government. Because right now, the, the federal administration is a crap show. There is absolute, I, I, there's very little faith in any aspects of, like, like the American federal government. It's a disaster right now with Trump at the helm. With Biden, it's going to be an old man that doesn't know what the hell's going on, but Kamala is going to be running everything from the back. And if you guys really want law and order, Kamala is the person for law and order. Like, she is the person for law and order. Like, like not Trump. Trump Trump just says, like, what to, you know... Trump Trump just says whatever to, like, get people to, like... Vote. But, like, Kamala's actually the law and order. But the biggest thing that I'm concerned about is foreign policy. America is no longer respected on a international scale with Donald Trump. They basically think we're a joke. Everybody thinks we're... I think we're a joke. Most Americans think we're a joke on a foreign policy scale. And the only way to bring... Like, if we have four more years of Trump, that's telling the whole world we liked our president. Our president, we liked him. He was a good president. And that's going to destroy any shred of credibility we have left. And that's bad. That, 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 that's, that's an unacceptable proposition to me. Whether I stay or leave this country is predicated 
on this main issue. And Kamala and Biden bring, you know, they bring American, they bring America back to the international talking board. They bring it back to the WHO. They bring it back to NATO. They bring it back to the UN, Paris Climate Accords. They bring us back to the international community. Yes, we have American exceptionalism. However, we're not that exceptional. I want to remind you that I've heard a lot of Americans talk about, you know, being an American and in all honesty, I, 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 like, we are not the most intelligent race. I mean, we're not the most intelligent ethnic, like, like just country. We're really down, like, on the intelligence scale. It's really bad. So, I do not, I think it's, I honestly think it's media polarization. Because if you were to ask me last year, or I mean last election cycle, a Biden or Trump, it would be easy. It would be, oh, Biden, for sure. He probably would have won the election, hands down. But Hillary was just so bad. But now, because of like this hyperpolarization, Biden and Harris look like a bad fit. However, the problem is that they're not really that bad. They're, in a lot of ways, they're good. And even if they're not good, they're a lot better than the alternative. I was at a, um, I, I was going to go pick up a book from the Barnes and Nobles that is close to us. And I accidentally stopped by, I accidentally got stuck in traffic of the Trump rally that was going to happen. This was like two days after, I think this was the, either the day after or two days after he had gotten Corona. And um, I'm stuck in traffic, I'm surrounded by Make America Great Again, hats, caps, t-shirts, it was like a Hummer, like a military style Hummer with like so many flags and all that. And it was just insane, absolutely insane. And... Um, like, I, I was just like, there's no way. Like, this is in California. There's no way this is happening. So, like, I, I could, I, I managed to, like, you know, like, through, like, I think 20 minutes worth of going through traffic, I managed to get in the parking lot. And that place was just filled with, you know, just people with Trump flags, stickers, hats, flags. I said flags twice. Like, everything. Like, it was like, it looked like, patriotic there was like posters of america like trump with like jesus behind his shoulder all that and like i think about it and i, I actually i i went to try to talk I, I i put on like a fob accent and i went to go talk to a couple people and try just try to like hello is it my name is um the host i am trying to like vote and um, I was wondering, like, who should I vote for? And, like, they're telling me. And I asked them about, like, policy. I asked them about, like, okay, why Trump? Why not Biden? I asked them about all of that. And being completely honest, all the Trump supporters that I have met have been the nicest people to my face. Like, I've never heard them insult me. I've never heard them curse at me. I've never heard them call me a derogatory name. They've all been extremely pleasant people. All of them. Not one has been rude. Not one has, you know, insulted me. Nothing. 
And when I talk to them, they're pleasant people. And I ask them, hello, what about Trump? Is like, is he racist? And they tell me, no, Trump is not racist. Trump is just, you know, he's not a politician. He's not politically correct. He's not this. He's not that. All that. And the biggest thing is that I think it's because, how do I say this? America has, it has basically split into two camps. Like, you know, like liberal and Republican. And 90% of people don't fit into, you know, the stereotype of either one. But they're forced to pick a side because of you know, just online, how deep the polarization is. And you'll find a lot of people that agree on a lot of things be politically polarized. And at this point, it is no longer about, you know, oh, uh, you know, it's not about, oh, okay. Someone, uh, one example is someone told me that Biden is for you know, pedophilia, legalized pedophilia. I've never that I've never heard that. I asked him where he got it from. He's like, dude, look at like the people around him. And I'm like, the people around him are fine. You're just looking on Twitter. And a lot of it is like that. And a lot of like the whole QAnon stuff, which is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I've talked to a boatload of people and I think it's just that we are not educated enough about how our government works and how, you know, like just the legal system works and how things function. And we're trying to like fill in the gaps. And the easiest way to fill in the gaps is go on Facebook and like read something that sounds exhilarating because we want to believe the exciting story. We want to basically, oh, uh, you know, the man is out to get us. Oh, they don't want us to know. Oh, there's a secret. Oh, and of course there are secrets. But to think everything is so like conspiratorial is just paranoid. And a lot of people, they don't only think that way. They think that if Biden, basically, basically this is how I would summarize it. Trump represents the last bastion and the last protector of the America that was known. He is not for it. He was never a part of it. However, he has convinced the people, his constituents that he will fight for it. What do I mean? I mean that America of the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, yeah, that's about it, have been, you know, characteristically super white, super conservative, super this, super that. And 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and now the 2020s, it's been slowly, you know, moving lefter and lefter more left and more left (laughs) and it's becoming a different america it's not the white america that it was that's what the 70s 80s that's 60s 70s and 80s it was a white america and now we're moving to a more darker skinned america more you know there's there's a whole bunch of civil rights movements now and it's moving to that type of america and these people are seeing that and they're looking at it and they're seeing the destruction of their way of life. And this is a pure, this is an emotional reaction to that. And it's an emotional reaction to, oh, all white people are racist. Oh, white people need to give reparations. Oh, if you're white, you can't be like, you know, destigmatized. You can't be discriminated against. You have privilege. You have this. We want this. We want that. And I'm not saying any of that is unfounded. 
However, it become they like you know the white that white constituency, which is the majority of sparsely populated states, and everywhere outside of urban centers, they're seeing this and they're saying, okay, uh, we need to basically preserve ourselves. This is all about self-preservation, and. Demo- the Democratic side has, you know, basically taken every person of color and be like, hey, we're your party, join us. You are with us, we are with you, we will fight for your rights. And so they, the Democratic Party has become the bastion of minorities, people of color, the disenfranchised, while the Republican Party has basically become the bastion of the people who want to preserve their way of life, whether it was right or not, I'm not talking. I'm not making that judgment. That's that's for a later time if you guys want to talk about that. But it is basically just them being self-preserved, and they know Trump is racist. They know Trump doesn't care about doesn't really like. He doesn't care. He's willing to lie. He really doesn't. You know, he doesn't really. He has no moral ground for any of his policies. He's basically thinking, what am I going to get the most votes with from my side? Because he figured out that nobody on the left's ever going to vote for him. So he's trying to gather up everybody on the right, deep right, you know, close, edgy to right. And that's what he's trying to work with. And because of that, he's be- he, that, that's why it's just so polarized. And so, like, divided. And I think that, uh, honestly, if Trump wins, in my opinion, if Trump wins, there's going to be, like, we're just going to lose everything. America is not even going to be worth living in, in my opinion. The global community is going to think we're a joke. Um, Standard of living is eventually going to decrease. The rich are going to get richer. The poor are going to get poorer. But... You know, our industry and our stock market will increase. They're going to get higher. I'm not going... They're going to get better. But the trade-off for that is a lot. And if we get Biden, there's Trump supporters. Because, hey, think about it this way. Five years ago, there was nothing called the Trump supporter. They were all mild-mannered people from Michigan, Alabama, South Carolina, North Carolina. And they voted for Romney. They voted for John McCain. All that, but then, you know, they just caught this fervor of Trumpiness. Because Trump, Trump knows how to brand himself. He, that's the thing he knows how to do that no other politician does. And this is like the last hurrah. I, I highly suspect that after this election, if Trump wins, it's going to be the last Republican the last, like, this type of conservative, how we've known it, like, runner in a while. It's going to be a long, long time before, you know, anything comes up like this again. And maybe never. This is the last hurrah of old white America, in my opinion. And for that reason, I, I really hope that Biden wins the election, even with all the stuff that's going to happen. However, I think it is appropriate that I vote for Biden and the Democratic ticket because America needs to rejoin on a global scale. And 
I do feel that Kamala being added to this ticket does soften the blow. It's not like Bernie Sanders is being added to the ticket. It's not like Elizabeth Warren's being added to the ticket. This is a cop that's being added, a law and order type person. So in that manner, I think that there's, in my opinion, there's only one decision here. And the reasons that you'd vote for Trump is because it is an emotional reaction to an attack on your personal way of life. And you would like to preserve that. And I'm not saying there's not a bunch wrong with the democratic like system. It's it's just pandering at this point. It's just absolute pandering. But Joseph R. Biden and Kamala D. Harris are part of the not the old guard, but the people that you know they think on a higher level than all the Twitter stuff. So in that manner, I think that it's going to be a good administration, and. I'm not as excited as I would be if Andrew Yang won and became president at all. That would be amazing. But this if this is as good as we can do, it's honestly not that bad. So I will be voting for Biden and Harris. And that is my thought process behind it. And I thank you for listening. And I hope to catch you in the next one. Please remember to vote. Please remember to you know participate in our democratic process. It's important. It is your duty as an American. And thank you. And I hope you guys have a good day. And I will see you in the next one. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.